On this week's show, we talk NBA draft, we talk NBA free agency, we talk about all that sport happening in Tokyo. We then have a great interview with Abby Bishop, former Opal, current Ipswich Force superstar. Then we circle back and we talk Crack'em. We know you'll love this week's show. Welcome to Ball Don't Lie Australia. Here we are, fighting through another lockdown in Brisbane, Mel. Yeah, oh, they're great, aren't they? It is what it is. I'm your host, Dan Ellen. As I just mentioned, with me, as he is every week, is Mel Crawford. The big dog. How you doing, buddy? You don't, uh, you don't sound so good. Yeah, it's like double flu game this week for us, so. Yep. We're fighting through. We're going to be a day late for everybody, but that's life. So, um, apologies, but I'm sure you'll get over it. And there's much bigger things to be worried about at this time. Oh yeah, especially in Brizzy, especially in Brizzy, and, uh, and almost everywhere else now. To be honest, yeah, well, just news came through before that Melbourne's about to enter a week's lockdown as well, and Newcastle. Oh, it's just. Whole yeah, as well. the, Hunter, the whole Hunter region, yeah. Yep. It's just a pretty crappy time to, to be around, but at the same time, government and the health people are just trying to keep everyone safe and look after us all, so we need to do what they say. Yep. And uh, if you do <laughs> if you do get crook, do what me and Dan have done this week, and we both went and got ourselves a COVID test. Thankfully, we're both negative. Hmm. It's a it's double a, negative. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a test I've now failed four times, and I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, yeah, uh, takes, takes you back to those uni days. <laughs> might take you back there, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anyone that said they had a first a good first year in uni is either a liar or a nerd. So, is what it is. I transferred degrees after my first year, mate. And of course, I don't mean nerd is in a bad thing because I really wish I did better in my first year of uni. Yes. And look, considering on the little, uh, we're, we're actually doing this one over Zoom tonight and uh-huh. over your right hand shoulder, might be your left, either way, there's a Star Wars, was it a New Hope poster? Yep. Yep. And over That's my, my left, bud. You did get one out of two right there. Well, you know. Shooter's going to shoot, buddy. It's, what can I tell you? Over my left, was it? Uh, yeah, I've got some Doctor Who signatures, of Stan Lee. And a oh, Ke- I thought you were talking about Kelly Olenek. <laughs> uh, no, he's above my head. There we go. He is in there, though. Definitely in there. <laughs> it's very disappointed when he didn't re-sign with the, the Celtics. It's like, ah, oh. ah, oh, well. Canadian. Yeah, we'll get to them later. Canadian you did Thunder. bring back a Celtic, so yeah. well, a former Celtic. Yeah. We'll get to that a bit later. We will indeed. Um, mate, after last week's show, did you want to talk um, Formula One again? Or <laughs> It's funny you asked that because I was absolutely going to try and 
sort of get you back. But given health this week, I decided not to. Um, bark, bark. I'll, I'll spare you. I'll spare you. Right, what I did want to do is, oh, Mal's got his new buttons. I'm not in the room to stop him, so watch out, everybody. Couldn't stop me if you were in the room, buddy. Do you want to just hit that one again? Righto, Tiger. <laughs> All right, so that's like a cool story mm. sort of button, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Mal, do you speak much Spanish? Uh, apart from hola and... Oh, oh mi amor. <laughs> Do you know what? What about if I said muchísimas gracias? Uh, uh, something thank you? Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool. I want to, I want to say muchísimas gracias to the Puerto Rico fans, the basketball fans from Puerto Rico now. Um, anyone who follows our Instagram page, would have been keeping up with polls we've been doing on Instagram um, with Olympic Games involving the Boomers and the Opals. Um, well, earlier this week, the Opals played against Puerto Rico. Now, we do these little polls and we ask for your opinions and generally tag athletes in there, just, you know, see if they pique their interest a little bit. Yep, yep. Two Puerto Rican players, Pamela Rosado, and Jasmine Guothme both saw these polls. Both had great taste in thinking, well, this is great. And they they shared our polls with their fans. And before nice. you knew it, we had nearly 300 Puerto Rican fans in our polls voting on the Puerto Rican outcomes and, and player results. And Love it. It was just... It was full on. There's hundreds of fans just come out of nowhere. And look, don't know if those players or the fans are listening, but big shout out to all of you. Um, really appreciate the support. And um, it was really cool watching watching your team play. They sort of remind me of um, the Aussie teams in that, you know, they're not as talented as the top teams in the world, but they just play with that grit and guts just like the Aussie teams do. So... Um, and look, that Jasmine Guothme, she she can ball. She's very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, WNBA player as well. So, um, yeah, shout out to those two players and the hundreds of fans that came and joined us for, for a couple of days there. So that was well, great. Well, while we're talking about languages, do you... Uh, oh, here we go again. Do you speak any <laughs> uh, Mandarin? Lewis Hamilton. No, <laughs> Do you speak any Mandarin? This is not a Formula One. I do not. You do not? Okay. Well, uh, I've been there a few, been to this country a few times, and a lot of people actually get a little bit confused because in this country they speak, well, there's two major languages. There's Cantonese and there's Mandarin. And I know a little bit, and one of them is, some of it is Ni Hao Ma, which I believe, unless I was lied to when I was there, which is possible, is hello, how are you in Mandarin. So we actually have now got some listeners in China as well. Ooh. So, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Somehow we uh, we got through the firewall and uh, we're in there, <laughs> in Lake Flynn. Look at us go, Mal. 
Um, what's that? Take our country number up to 12. Ah, 30, the, we are up to 12 now. We also picked up uh, Vietnam, some Vietnam listeners two weeks ago. So we are up to 12 countries. Awesome. Oh, Vietnam, place I've always wanted to go. Wanted to do the little double up with Vietnam and Cambodia. So, yeah, if any of them are listening, shout out to mm. all our international listeners. I mean, who would have thought two little blokes just giving this a crack had reached 12 different countries already. So it's well, great. One little bloke and the big dog, mate. Come on. <laughs> all right, you said it. Yeah, I did. Um, ooh, I guess uh, we're doing this via correspondence, but it's still going to be possible now. Just while you're opening a pack of cards, I'll give everyone a rundown of what we're doing on the show tonight. Mm-hmm. So tonight on the show, we're going to review the NBA draft. Yes. And, you know, talk about what teams we thought were winners or losers. You know, talk about some of the players that we liked or didn't like too much. Um, we'll then have a look at the notable free agents in the NBA, who they've signed with, if they've moved, some big trades that have gone down, you know, some teams that have got considerably older, <laughs> for example. <laughs> um, before we wrap up our segment of the show um, with the Boomers and Opals' most recent um finals games against Team USA. So once all that's done, very special guest on the show today. Uh, we did have a few people guess it in our Instagram uh, and or I guess it was our stories and we'll give clues away on who this week's guest was. And So a few people guessed that, so shout out to them. Um, but of course, we have former Opal and current Ipswich four-star Abby Bishop at the end of this show. So make sure you stick around for that. Abby is one very inspirational woman who's had a, a big journey in basketball and we're certainly not the first to do so, but it's, it was and is going to be an absolute pleasure to share a story with everyone. Yeah, definitely. And uh, started out on the farm just like me. So, you know, look at us, both of the, Top of our basketball games. Yeah, and she turned out successful. Oh, so much more successful than the big dog. (laughs) Definitely. No, I won't argue that. All right, Crackums, let's have a look. Who have we got? We've got. Yeah, surely we've got something good this week. Well, it's a Timberwolf to start. I can already see what team that is. Chuck it out. (laughs) Jaden McDaniels. (laughs) Unless it's a holographic Kevin Garnett throwback. It's not looking good, Tugs. It's not looking good. Uh, (laughs) Sabin Lee from the Pistons. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. Good. Ooh, hello. Dame time. A black and white slam NBA hoops cover. Oh, a magazine I've been subscribed to for, (laughs) oh, I don't know. Over 15 years. Mm. That's amazing. I call dibs. Uh, who have we got? Uh, George Roof Hill. Over your head, you can't. <laughs> George Hill in a Milwaukee Bucks jersey. Mm. Ooh. We might get a talking about later. Kawhi Leonard in Eclipse. 
I think we've had one of him before. Possibly, possibly. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think we've had that one yeah. before. Uh, then we've got Romeo Langford in a Celtics jersey. Oh, what's up? Yeah. I was just thinking, all these packs have Jar Morant on the front. When are we ever going to get a Jar Morant card? Um, <sighs> false good. advertising. Because he's on the front of the packet, mate. We've got we've had like seven or eight or how many up? Yeah, about seven actually. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's yeah. six more than we should have needed. Here we are. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, this one might be the guy I talk about. I think I'm going to call dibs early. Tory Craig in a Denver Nuggets jersey. He's going to call dibs on the whole pack, and I'll just tell you what. I'll, I'll talk about, about Tory. You can have. <laughs> Uh, and then we've got Kendrick Nunn in a heat. Ooh, Black Another heat person jersey. we might be talking about a bit later. Mm. Mm. So a couple of options there. We'll circle back to them later. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll both choose somebody and we'll have a yarn about them at the, right at the very end of the show. But we've... Yeah, I like that Tory Craig one. Mm. Mm. Nice guard. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, buddy, we better jump into it, so uh, let's jump. Let's get it. Ball don't, ball don't lie. lie. That ball don't lie. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the NBA draft, which happened last Friday, our time. It was a lot of picks, 60 of them. Some good, some mm. bad. Some teams did good. Some teams did bad. Some teams, eh. Yeah, there was a mixture of a lot going on. But, Dan, where do we want to start first, mate? Um, just before we talk about who we think is the the biggest and biggest winner and biggest loser mm-hmm. in terms of teams from the draft. Easy, mate. Biggest winner, Thunder. They got giddy. <laughs> and why is that? Because they got giddy. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Don't care. Home um, Hashtag my guy. Was there any of the, like, first round or lottery picks that stood out to you as a, huh? Uh, well, look, if I'm being honest, I was a little bit surprised. Um, I was actually talking to somebody at work, and when we got to the sixth pick... I said to them, you know, we are potentially now in the giddy zone. Like someone could go early or he could then Mm. fall. Uh, And then when he was taken as early as he was, I was definitely a little bit surprised. But, you know, at the same time too, you know, just great stuff. Very, obviously very happy for Giddy and, you know, we've been talking about him very highly on the show since the start of his NBL season. I don't exactly you know, claim to have brought him to the world, but I'm very happy that one of the people I had a feeling about very early on has actually come to fruition. That's, you know, again, it's like the Sobe thing. Realistically, did we have anything to do with it? No, but still feels good that we, you know, we talked positively about it before it happened. So, but I definitely was surprised. Um, 
I, to be honest, was also a little bit surprised with um, jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, oh, sorry, are we still in lottery? You want to focus on there first? Yeah. Yeah, I'll hold. Well, you know, my other one. before we talk about winning, winning and losing teams, mm-hmm. we could just get all of our our waters out of the way. So, do you have any others? Uh I had a bit of a. Or question. should I give you my first one first? No, my my sort of what though was more around the team, and I thought you could explain it a little bit better to me. I know there was the trade a couple of days before, but the Grizzlies. Cool. Glad I, you brought it up because it's on my list. Yeah, I generally I had questions of, uh, yeah, I'm just not sure what they're going for. Yeah, and I think your thoughts are shared amongst the organisation at the moment, um, or the fan base that is. Um, so for those living under a rock or haven't been listening to our podcast, which is most people in the world, but for those I have, you'll know that we talked about the trade that occurred last week um, with essentially Valentunas um, and Stephen Adams being swapped along with draft picks being swapped and Grizzlies taking the 10th pick, Pelicans taking the 17th pick. So Grizzlies come to number 10. They wanted Josh Giddy. That was made very public. Um, Giddy, obviously, as you just mentioned, was taken number six, so he's off the board. Um, then most people thought or were led to believe that the Grizz were targeting James Booknight or, um, sorry, yeah, James Booknight, Chris Duarte or Moses Moody. So three names were still on the board of what people thought the Grizzlies were going to do. However, none of those names I just mentioned was the player they took. No. So the player they took um, goes by the name of Zaire Williams. So again, for those who aren't too well-versed on background of amateur sport, Zaire Williams went to Sierra Canyon High School, played with LeBron's son, Ronnie. Um, And he was, you know, pretty much undoubtedly, it was unanimous that he was the best player on the team. He was also, coming out of high school, ranked the third best player in the class behind Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. So Zaya Williams is a third-rated prospect. So then he's gone to Stanford University. Shout-out Stanford. Shout-out Isaac Wyatt, of yep. course. Gets them last week. Obviously. Um, and he's just had a really poor season there. Shot poorly from the field. Was a bit of a train wreck with the ball. Looked all out of sorts. And that's all anyone knows. That's all most people are reporting on. The issue with him is that anyone that knows him well or has scouted him since he was in high school are saying, put a line through that Stanford year. Pretend it didn't happen. Don't worry about it. So Stanford University, due to coronavirus and things going on in San Francisco, they didn't live on campus. They lived in a hotel the whole year. They didn't train in their facilities. They had to hire a place and train. They didn't play games in their arena. They had to play games in other gyms. So there was no consistency for him, no comfort, obviously no family around. It's a lot for a 
you know, an 18-year-old kid to take in. On top of that, he lost not one, but two family members to COVID throughout the season. So this poor kid had a rough year, and that was extremely evident in his game, which no one has tried to defend his stats or anything. The, the numbers are there. He wasn't very good. But before all this happened, he was the top-ranked wing slash forward in the whole draft and the third best-ranked overall player. So, look, I know that was a big, cool story, bro, but um, the potential's there to be a, to be a great player. And whilst it's not, you know, I'm not going to mince my words. The Grizzlies have taken a step backwards from last year. They're not going to be as good if the roster stays as it is. Um, Valentin has carried us to a lot of wins. So he's gone. If, if I think they're looking long-term here. So they want Jar and Jaren to have a full, healthy season together. They'll move towards max extensions for them. Let Zaire have a couple years to develop. And they're just sort of lurking and waiting for these elite teams that are forming to get a bit older and drop off. And then that's going to be the Grizzlies' time to shine. I believe it, that's what they're going for here. So only time will tell. But it it is a strange move. I understand the questions and I had them too. But knowing what I know now, I feel a lot better about it long term. Although this season, all signs are pointing towards it. It might be a bit of a train wreck. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. They annoyingly, and I only really say this because they're your team, uh, they annoyingly have a fairly decent record of draft, like the, you know, you know, I know it's your term. Well, it's not your term, but you like to throw it around a lot. Small market team, you know, haven't done a huge amount of signings, but they've drafted well. Like, they've got some good pieces and put them together through no, you know, no major superstar coming to town, bringing extra cloud or anything like that. So, eh, time will tell. Time will tell. Who did you have yeah, as the biggest loser? this front there? office gets benefited of the doubt for now. So yeah. we'll see. Um, my other one was uh, Josh Primo at number 12 to the Spurs. Yep. He was predicted to go extremely late first round if not early second round. And the Spurs took him at 12. Mm-hmm. So he's the youngest player in the draft. He's got potential there, but he's going to need years to adapt. But given the Spurs' uh, off-season moves that we'll get to soon, I think rebuilding and having patience is exactly what they're going to do. Young, all right. I actually... Uh... Finished high school the year he was born. That's how young he is. And <laughs> baby-faced Josh Primo too. Baby-faced. Baby-faced. Um, right. The biggest winner for teams, mm-hmm. um, I give it to the Orlando Magic. The match? Yeah, so they copped a bit of criticism, which I found really annoying. They took Jalen Suggs at five. And smart people thought, well, yep, he's a top three or four talent in the draft. That's a great, great pick. 
And then other people I'm thinking of maybe more more casual side of fans where like, oh, you've got a whole team of guards already. What? Why do you want Suggs? I'm so stupid. How does he fit? He doesn't. And they're probably the same people that echo what I echo, and that's you know, draft Jordan, play him at centre. Just in that top five, like I said last week, you take the best available. It doesn't matter what you've got. All right. There, of course, there's exceptions. You're not going to, you know, draft. Actually, yeah, I don't know. I'll probably just hold myself to that. You just take the best available. It's the only time you wouldn't is maybe at centre. Like if you know, if you've got Joel Embiid, you, or you know, top three centre in the league, you might not draft a centre. Yeah, but yeah. Other than that, I think you take best available. Well. You've got to go with best available when you're in Magic's position because they're just done a knockdown in attempt to rebuild. So the pieces they currently have, you've got to think if you're in their shoes, well, we're out the door as soon as this team gets half a sniff. Or, you know, there's a potential for a payday there for their current players if they can help build this into the next level because then they'll get traded for something of value or, you know, they can potentially trade themselves into a better contract or play themselves into a better contract if they can help Magic look good. But they are in a knockdown rebuild and, you know, they got two in the top ten where they get Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner, which, yeah. Yeah. Two, two great picks. I mean, Suggs, other than Cunningham, is the best guard in the draft. There's no disputing that. And like Markel Fultz, great story. You, you want to feel good for the kid? I'm sorry, Jalen Suggs is already and will be better. So I wouldn't be too stressed unless my name was Markel Fultz. But if I'm a Magic fan, I'm pretty excited because I did watch a lot of Suggs in college and he is awesome. He's so good. Um, so, yeah. And then, yeah, they took Franz Wagner, who, you know, brother of Mo Wagner that we're seeing in the Olympics for Germany, or, or did see, I yep. should say. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah. Um, so he's a bit of a forward that can just knock down threes. He'll fit well alongside Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're going to stink, but. Like the Grizzlies, like the, even if the Grizzlies don't make the playoffs, which mm, we'll get to in the offseason, they're going to be really fun to watch. I think this Orlando team might be my new favourite young team. That's not Memphis. All right, so you've got how many favourite teams in different categories now? What are we up to, six? Five? Oh, 30, mate. 30. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool, cool Every cool. team's got to have their own category. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, um, so, yeah, Orlando, I think they just use those picks really well and they've filled out their roster nicely. So, I like what they did. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, Non-lottery player who will perform? Who you got? Non-lottery player who will perform. I've gone with Keon Johnson. 
So he was drafted number 21 to the Clippers. Now, if that name doesn't automatically ring a bell, a viral video I'm about to mention should. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who doesn't know the name Keon Johnson, he was that guy with the vertical three inches bigger than any other prospect. This was the guy jumping out of the building. It was yep. off the charts. Wildly um, He's also extremely solid on the defensive end. You know, he's all part of all defensive team from here and there and everywhere. He sort of seems to be a more athletic version of uh, Terrence Mann, who the Clippers have already this season. So, you know, they've got some, you know, older stars on the team, but I think the Clippers have actually been drafting really well with their young guys too. So, yeah, Keon Johnson, I think him at 21 is a little bit, I had him going just, you know, in the late teens. Um, So he's not crazy. He didn't fall way out of line there. But I think he, given the opportunity, he could perform. Yeah, I took, uh, I actually like Jalen Johnson at uh, number 20. Apart from, yeah, well, you know, it's me. Uh, obviously, red flags around the foot injury. I liked his defensive you know, versatility. Duke kid, so surprised you don't like him. But he did opt out. So yeah, he he, he quit on the team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dead to me. <laughs> yeah, look, I now like him more that I know that he's dead to you. So you know that that, that strangely works for me now. Um, but yeah, I I think for me. Um, just just one that stood out um, fell a bit but obviously there's reasons behind that uh, hopefully he can overcome them you know if not well that's that's what the draft is the draft is a bit of a you know crab shoot and you know when you get past the 16th pick was it the odds of picking a good one are like 10%. So, mm. you know, realistically, and there'll be some, you know, there'll be a couple of teams uh, every year that come away and they'll they'll pick one. There's no guarantee they'll do that again next year. You know, and there are players who fall right out of the draft. But for me, uh, it was just something about him. I liked him. Uh, and I'm, Now that I know you don't, yay! Winner, winner. <laughs> um. The team that I think really just stuffed this whole thing up. Yeah. The New York Knicks. <laughs> so they came into the draft with picks 19 and 21, yeah? Yep. Now, that is great. <laughs> and they could have got as we've seen who went from 19 onwards, they could have got two decent players that could contribute. Like, I think Keon Johnson, just, he has New York written all over him. But anyway, um, number, pick number 19, they traded to Charlotte for a future first-round pick. That sounds okay in theory. Yeah? 
Yeah, in theory. What number? Yeah, well, it's heavily protected for the next three seasons. And then if it doesn't convey, it turns into two second-round picks. Ugh, yuck. And, like, I know I'm not an expert. I'm just a self-proclaimed one. But to me, Charlotte, Charlotte doesn't seem to be a team that's getting worse over the next three years. Uh, so no, no, can't like like if they stay healthy, the what? opposite would be what most people see as happening. So, ugh. so yeah, they've likely traded the number nineteen pick for two second round picks in four years from now. Ugh. Cool, cool. That's all good. They've still got pick number twenty one. However. The Knicks didn't pick at number 21. They picked at number 25. Now, how did that happen? Well, they, they called up the Clippers and they said, hey, we want to move down a few spots. Can you chuck us a, another second round pick? Because, you know, we just got two of them in four years from now. But, you know, do you have any more we could have? I just, you know, I think the Knicks wanted to be like Sam Presti but forgot He's trading for first round picks, not second round. But anyway, so the next pick at 25 instead of 21, and they really liked uh, Grimes, who I think you liked last week, if I'm not mistaken. Miles McBride. Oh, was that who? Not Grimes. Sorry. Yeah, Miles McBride. <laughs> forget, forget that. Um, but Grimes goes 25. Now, he's actually a decent player. He was top 10 offensive and defensive rating in the NCAA. So, and there was only two players that did that. So, you know, he's, he's talented, but like, I, I don't know, New York. I don't, if I was their fans, I'd be pretty disappointed with this draft. And from what I've gathered, they are disappointed. Uh, that doesn't sound like Knicks fans. Oh my god, being dis- disappointed with the organisation, and then really putting that out there in the world—that doesn't sound like them. Surely not. No. Well, they've won their fans back in free agency, which we'll get to um, in the next segment. Um, and I'm not completely sold on that. But <laughs> I'll, I'll cover that when we get there. Yeah. Well, did have one more thing from the draft, though. Now. Yep. What do you got? Who, is there anyone you think could be the best player selected in the second round? Uh, yep, Miles McBride. He's going to the Knicks. <laughs> what, what was he, 35? Uh, 36. 36. 36. Ended up going. He was my sleeper last week. Um, uh, he was. Yep. I had him going quite a bit higher than 36th. So if they got him at 36, I still see that as a good deal. Um, there's a lot going on in New York now, so, uh, uh, I don't know if yeah, that's, I, had... I don't know if that's quite the team I would have, you know, sent him to in my heart of hearts, but here we are. I had, uh, two sleepers last week. One was Sharif Cooper, um, who was tipped to go around the, like, early 20s. He ended up going super late to Atlanta, but... 
he and Trey Young are both pretty pumped to play together. And uh, I think watch out for Sharif. Um, but I also had Jared Butler, who was tipped to go 27. He ended up being picked at 40 by the Jazz um, in a trade with Memphis uh, via the Pelicans, I believe. And it was all messy. There was so much picking for this team via this team via their cousin's auntie's dog. Um, I'll leave those to you at the end of the show, actually. That'd, that'd be good. That, <laughs> yeah, stay clean, mate. That's, that's my area. Come on, buddy. Madness. Um, but Jared Butler taken at 40 to the Jazz. This is a guy who was the absolute engine for Baylor this year that really led them um, to that championship. So his skill set is great. I think he'll be a, a good player for the Jazz. So watch out for Jared Butler. Best second round player. All right, that's going to wrap us up here with our draft wrap. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. All right, free agency. It's like Christmas in July slash August. Really good time for NBA fans. There's players switching teams everywhere, or in this year's case, not so much. But thought, Mal, we'd, we'd sort of run through the more notable moves. We're obviously not going to go through every single transaction um, that's occurred so far. No, I thank and God. There's we are been recording a, this. There's, there's been about a million of them, it almost feels. And yeah, mm. also been left, uh, with some of them, are left a little bit wanting. Like, you know, I know they all can't be like, LeBron, the decision sort of size, you know, at Cavs for the first time heading to Miami. Oh, where's he going to go? Oh, my God, speculation, speculation. Mm. But we haven't had a huge amount. There's been a couple of little you know, firecrackers, but no, ba-bam, fireworks, feels like. Yeah, I mean, how Robin Lopez didn't announce his uh, move to Orlando is something Disney-related, I'll never know, but... Oh. Um, Missed an opportunity there, didn't he? It's absolutely, there's nothing left to the imagination of why he's playing for the Magic this year. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, good on you, Dan, for opening up with Robin Lopez talk. Let's move on to some notable free agents, eh? Let's do that. Let's do that. Um, How about, Mal, I'll say some names and some moves, Uh and we we can just do some... Pick and roll. How about we do some of that? Oh, a bit of pick and roll on the fly. I like it. Let's. Yeah. So I've got a lot of Let's stuff roll. down here. So, <laughs> so um, guys, if you haven't listened before or you've forgotten, because um, we haven't run pick and roll for a little bit, if Mel wants to roll on a topic, we'll talk more about it. He's going to pop. He's getting out of there. And we're going to move on. Well, hang on. Let's, Sorry, Chris Paul. Hang on, hang Paul. on. Let's do this properly. Let's do this properly. He's got good balance. He does not hit Danny. He sets the position. Larry Bird uses Danny on his move. He fakes here. And then Danny... I think we all get the point. Right. Yep. Can you hit that <laughs> other one again? I can. I can do a lot of things here, yep. but I can't do more than one thing at a time. Righto, Tiger. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Um, (laughs) Chris Paul heading back to the Suns. Uh, Yeah. 
Not super shocked, to be honest. Um, yeah, so let's let's pop. Yeah, just super shocked at how much you'll be earning at forty years old. But anyway, oh, the, um, the money, oh, Lowry, you know, the money. Uh, yeah, let, let's roll on this one, Mister Lowry. So, Kyle Lowry, I had written down last week, best suited to Philadelphia. He has been traded to the Miami Heat. He has. So he brings he brings a playmaker. He's a three point shooter. He's a junkyard dog defender. Which mm-hmm. Miami are just filling out their roster with at the moment. You know the likes of PJ Tucker coming in. They've just brought back Oladipo today. I mean, this team's going to be tough as hell to score on. So Toronto. You know, they wanted to do right by Lowry. They've let him go to a contender, a team that could legitimately contend. And, look, they've brought back that precious Satua, promising young big man. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and, look, Miami have been able to do this and hold on to um, good old Hero, Tyler Hero. Yes. Which... Frankly, hasn't done much since the bubble to really warrant how much they've been in love with him in Miami. I haven't thought, but you know, no, he he did appear in a Jack Harlow concert though, so that was cool. So, yep. So still nothing since the bubble. Cool, 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 cool. (laughs) Depending who you are, I guess. Yeah, no, nothing. Gotcha. Let's roll. Um. DeMar DeRozan. Ooh. Well, yeah, go on. Should I just say Bulls? I'll just say Bulls. (laughs) Let's talk Chi-Town, Windy City. Yeah, let's roll. Shout out Isaiah Moss, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So DeMar DeRozan, I picked him to go to the Mavs. So he's ended up going to the Bulls. Um, which I'll get to in a second. Yeah, um, I had him Lonzo going. Ball. Oh, sorry. I, I had him going to uh, Nets or Lakers, but apparently their roster's already full with people who've already gone there. But we'll get to that. <laughs> um, Lonzo Ball joined DeRozan over in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I said last week Knicks or Bulls would be best fit for him. So hey, I got one of these right. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised, to be honest, if uh, someone like Houston took a flyer on on Lonzo, Um, just because they're in that knockdown rebuild. Could have got him cheaper than some other options that are out there, but Mm. Bulls it is. So they go and join a Bulls team with Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic on it already. Um, And... Look, that to me is just four ball-dominant dudes. And we haven't talked about Kobe White yet or Elmer Fudd himself, Alex Caruso. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Bulls, I like what they've done to their fans. They're going to be exciting. They're likely going to make the playoffs. They got themselves their ceiling a- is... They got themselves a big baller. How could they not be excited? Come on. All their ceiling is, to me, second round. 
Yeah. And, but in saying that, like, I think we need to start living in a world where that's okay. Like, there's only two teams that make the finals. There's only one team out of 30 that wins it. It can't be your team every year. So if your ceiling is a second round, well, someone's ceiling has to be that. Someone's ceiling has to be the playing tournament. Like, it's okay. And for Bulls fans that have been starving for this playoff action, a lot of them are probably stoked at the prospect of watching playoff basketball again. So I think it's totally okay. And being harsh on a team because, you know, because they can't lure the top 10 players in the league to their team, you know, it's totally fine to not be the best. It Once upon a time, there used to be a building process. And I think, look, to be honest, the Celtics have a lot to do with this idea because of you know the turnaround they had in from 07 to that 08 season where it went from nowhere near playoffs to winning the whole thing all of a sudden that was sort of the mark of a good gm a good office was to turn things completely mm. now that was a like once in a generation ish type move it felt like and even though there's been big threes since well look at lebron D Wade, Chris Bosch, when they did it, it wasn't so easy. They went all the way to the final dance, but they didn't win the thing. You know, when it it's not as easy as, you know, those particular players were able to, you know, make it look that year. And once upon a time, if you had a crap team that wasn't doing so good, couldn't make the playoffs, making the playoffs was your goal. And then next year you add some more pieces. And then you keep adding pieces, you know, dropping off some of your players until eventually you get to the promised land. That was sort of, you know, how you how things used to be a little bit. But now it's, you know, seemingly smaller contracts and everybody's chasing that chip now. We're not, or, or we're doing a rebuild and we're taking everyone's draft picks for the next five years. And then we're going to sit on most of them and not do it necessarily greatly but ah, you know so yes i agree with some of what you're saying which doesn't feel right but still yeah and like yeah the the bulls are going to be all right to watch and one thing i just want to mention before we move on from them is keep an eye out on zach levine this year i I've got a reason to suggest or believe that this DeRozan move is not to play with Levine. Ooh. And I'll leave it at that. Ooh. Heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Heard it here first. Heard it. Hopefully. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, mate, where to next? That was a nice roll. Um, oh, it's going to be a pop um, because what you do to me, but Mike Conley re-signed with the Jazz. I'll just get all that out there before you pop. <laughs> Captain Street Clothes himself has re-signed. Wow. All right. Mm-hmm. All-star Mike Conley, my guy. Injury replacement um, all-star, yep. That's not what it says on his basketball reference page. Yeah, I, I'm pretty good with the internet or well, actually I know people who are pretty good with the internet. I could put some other stuff out there on, you know, 
certain <laughs> internets. Um, uh, all right, one I know you probably want to talk about or get around to. All right, mate, um, what do you got? Tinseltown is loading up once again. Ah, Dad's Army. Yeah. Go on. Got potential to be the, the oldest team in NBA history. They do. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Well, let's roll. They're also tipped as title favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so, go figure. Yeah. Oh, look, so by now, like anyone, even casual fans know what's going on with the Lakers. Um, they've It feels like they've signed everyone, but at the same time, no one. Mm. That makes sense. Like, mm. They've filled out their roster with all these role players and everyone's just losing their damn mind over it. Um, but of course, they had the trade with Westbrook coming in um, just to space the floor a lot. And also with that one, I think people missed the idea. <laughs> I was that... waiting for the uh, Rido Tiger there. Yeah. <laughs> I fetch uh, up as a layup. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, sometimes you just got to drop back and play some weak D. Um, I think people missed the, the idea of the sheer fact that Russell Westbrook has shown that he's very good at winning games in the regular season. And it'd be very easy to fall into the this sort of trap or idea that that's where the Lakers fell down because they uh, they were doing really well, then they got injured, then their numbers dropped in the regular season, they had to play people, it all got very stressful, people got more injured, and if they didn't have that, if they had this uh, Westbrook-like character who could get them some games without them having to use all of their players in all of their games... And <clears throat> excuse me, and then they could get to the, the final, or the playoffs, sorry, uh, fresher with less injuries and things like that, then, yeah, it has been fairly well proven that Westbrook, like, with just one or two and a nice team of you know, role players around him, it's not going to win you a chip. You know, that, that's, that's been fairly well proven with the teams that he's been on. But if you're purely trading on that point of view, um, yeah, I see it. As you alluded to before, I don't like the spacing idea of you know, how they've done it, but since then they've also added what it feels like 14 different pieces to the team, so all on minimum contracts. Well, my, my take on the Westbrook trade is just look at the back half of that of his last Houston year. Look at the back half of that wizard season he just had. He's the guy carrying that team. I don't want to hear James Harden. I don't want to hear... Brad Beal, because they weren't. It was Westbrook both times that stepped in, took over. The team had to adapt to him. He was, you know, grabbing the rebounds, running the breaks, taking all the hits. And that's all stuff LeBron's not going to have to do in the regular season now. Mm. He's going to conserve so much energy because Westbrook's going to be running around like a maniac doing all these things that LeBron can just save himself for the playoffs. And then he can, you know, pat Russ on the head in the playoffs, say, all right, buddy, thank you. I've back, got it from here. Back in your box, Tiger. Back in your box. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a good move for, for that reason. 
as long as Westbrook's willing to buy in in the playoffs. Mm. And I know he's not a great defender, but that, again, that's just one less backcourt player LeBron has to guard in the playoffs. He's not going to be chasing Steph or Clay Thompson around. He's going to be guarding, you know, Draymond in the corner or Andrew Wiggins in the corner, for example. He's not going to be chasing, you know, Damian Lillard and Steph Curry around. So I get why they did it. I'm not convinced that they didn't try other point guards who may have expressed interest of moving on, um, possibly one I just mentioned. But Westbrook is who they've got. They've just stacked their team with two-way players around the, you know, for lack of a better term, the big three. Mm-hmm. Um, and LeBron gets to play with longtime buddy Nello. So that's a nice little story in its own. But again, find it a bit interesting that LeBron and the Lakers didn't want Melo at his worst, in his worst moments, yet now they want him and Melo was happy to go there. So I'm yeah. sure there would have been a very nice and expensive meal on LeBron to discuss the terms of that contract. Oh, I'm sure. Well, there was that also that um, during that Stephen A with Carmelo interview that he did that he, I know he said in that, like, I don't want to have to rely on my friends and that sort of, you know, and that sort of thing. But same time too, I can't, yeah, I, I can't imagine if he was to get the phone call. Yep. You're coming to play for me. Okay. I, I can't imagine him turning that down, but he has gone, like he went to Portland. He didn't do a bad job in Portland. I, I think he did like considering the guy was apparently done in the NBA. He gave them two very good years of old man Camelo. There, there was games and stretches where there was flashes of young Camelo. Couldn't do it consistently every night. Of course not. It's too old. That's okay. But he gave you flashes and seemed to actually care. You know, really wanted to play. So, you know, I don't begrudge him. Yeah, and there, there might be games where, you know, LeBron's sitting out for rest. I mean, injuries. Um, you know, Russ is bricking everything. AD's a bit, you know, slothish. Oh, there's my Lord word. I'm just for the week. Slothish. Uh-huh. Um, and and there could be those two or three nights where Mello just does what he did for Portland last year a few times and takes over games and wins them. And just like Russ, that's this roster that Rob Polinka slash LeBron James is putting together is guys who can have their moments through the season. You know, Malik Monk, another one. He's an absolute microwave. He's going to win him one or two games on his own at some point. So, you know, I, I think the age thing, we'll see how it goes. They're all high IQ players. They're all bucket getters. They're mainly all defenders. So, I don't know. Yeah, a few young guys in there. Ken, Kendrick Nunn joining up. Kellen Horton Tucker coming back. So, a little bit of youth in there. But, yeah. Yeah. Interesting to see how it all plays out. I don't know if I'd call Dwight a high IQ player, but, yeah. Yeah. The rest of them I'd pretty much agree with. I would call him an extremely high IQ player. Yeah. I think he's one of their best signings, to be quite honest with you. 
Uh, my big thing is uh, for him was again in those those seventy sixes games in the playoffs. Just wasn't, just wasn't the guy. Like when he was on the court, he'd make made some really silly, bad like decisions. Couldn't finish dunks. Was always off on the side. Um, like when he was on the bench, didn't seem to be that like plugged into the game. Things like that, and really seemed very almost distracting to some of the other people around him. Which I don't know if I'm in that situation. I want everyone tuned in, ready to go. Now, maybe that's just his way and that's how he stays loose, whatever. But yeah, yeah. for me, I don't have strong feelings towards Dwight. Um, But, you know, third time might be the charm again at the Lakers. I mean, he won a chip last time and the Lakers didn't really replace that piece. So now they've replaced that piece with that same piece. So, yeah, Lakers will see how they go. Going to be very tough to beat. <laughs> yeah, them and Brooklyn will come in both as heavy favorites for each conference, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but a team... People talked about sorry, the Nets no? the same way last year, though, and that didn't turn out with a championship. So No. I mean, yeah. It was injury-related, not performance, but that's the beauty of sport. Anything can happen, and... You have to be ready. Try to tell that to Giannis, mate. <laughs> um, the New York Knicks. Knickerbockers. Adding Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. Mm-hmm. They've had a few other little signings and, and departures, but um, Fournier, nice pickup. He's playing really well at the Olympics at the moment, of course. Mm. Has been a decent player. I mean, long-time listeners will know he's a bit of a fantasy darling of mine. Um, when he was lesser known in Orlando, but has since had stints in Boston and now New York. I think he'll give them some good offense. He can create his own shot. He's knocked down from three. Did they over overspend on him? A little bit, but... It is what it is. Um, Kemba Walker, though, everyone's losing their mind over this signing. And it's like, are you guys thinking back to prime Charlotte Kemba? Or are you thinking back to the drip lord on the sideline for Boston Kemba Walker? Because, yep, great player. But haven't really seen him much the last two seasons. No, we haven't, and uh, OKC literally bought out his contract. Um, mm. So, don't get me wrong, he, he's not on a max contract, so I think... He got paid, but... <laughs> yeah, he did, for a guy who was just bought out, that there's no way OKC didn't shop him first. That There's just, there's no way they didn't... You know, ask every other team before they went to the just buyout market, um, bought him. Um, so yeah, look, I, he's on a four year 80, 80 plus mm. um, million dollar deal, I want to say. <sighs> look, I'm sort of torn because, yes, the guy, you know, 
showed moments of it in Boston, but was way too inconsistent. Um, so Knicks have got him. They're obviously just hoping that something good happens. And that's why they've signed him to a four-year deal to stretch it out as opposed to a two. But this just smacks of like an Amari Stoudemire deal or one of these Knicks deals where it's like, ah, we missed, hmm, we missed the guy we wanted. Uh, Who else is available? You. No one's giving you money. Let's double what no one's offering and let's get you in here and sign you to a big contract that we, the team, can't really afford. And eh, it just, it smacks of an old school Nick move. And old school Nick moves haven't been good for a while. So mm. just when they were starting to do some good things, yeah, this one, uh, yeah, I, I don't get, I don't get the four years. Like take two, two, two year deal. You know, if he's playing that well and you, you know, and everyone's like, oh my God, you know, yeah, great, great job, you know, then pay him the more money at the end of those two years. But you've now got a four-year contract that if things go bad, you've got to get rid of. And it's obvious no one else out there wants him. So they really haven't done a good job of managing both sides of what could happen with signing Kemba. Yeah, it just I think everyone gets too caught up in names rather than product on the court. And I know he's from New York and they're all excited about that. And look, don't get me wrong, he's probably gonna have a couple of games in MSG where everyone just goes nuts because he's just fallen out. But is he gonna do it consistently this year? Is he gonna play consistently? What's his contract gonna look like in two, three, four years? I mean a four-year contract for a player that's barely touched the hardwood in two years. Oh, it's extremely high risk for not a very high reward. But and it does that's make the next you, way of doing things. So <laughs> it's really got to make you wonder what OKC found out because they've dropped him. Like he's never hasn't played a game for them. And no, and there was never a rumor of any trade talk. No, there was no whispers, no nothing. Negotiations were non-starters of like, ah, oh, yes, hello, Sam Presley, what can I do for you today? I just want to talk Kemba Walker. Beep, beep, beep. Yep. He's That's how a... I imagine most of those conversations went. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I, I, I just don't... I, don't... I don't see it. Um, I don't see it. But, look, you know, if the Knicks really want to go down, you know, that... Old school, Nick's making bad decisions, you know, throwing away money. Schroeder's still available. Mm. Mm. And, and look, I don't, want to just, I don't want to just crap on the Knicks because they do have an exciting team. And, you know, the RJ and Randall, uh, Mitch Robinson coming back, you know, the addition of Fournier, like their team's going to be solid. They're probably in the hunt for the playoffs. But I just think the Kemba deal was a bit, bit of a strange one. And I think you know, hit the nail on the head with, you know, maybe they could have gone a one year or a one and one or a two and one with a team option. Mm. But you know, they, they've locked in their quote unquote star for four years, so see how they go. Yeah, and 
for me, that that's just the big thing. Like, he's just not consistent enough. There, you'll have games where you'll just be like, "Oh my god, love this guy," and then he'll disappear. Mm. So, all right, um, just to wrap up free agency, two boomers have made moves. They certainly the have. Well, one's made a move. One has entered the league. So, it's exciting. Um, we'll start with Paddy Mills, the Australian Olympic team captain, the Boomers captain, obviously. Yes. Just, you know, if you look up role model in the dictionary, it's got to be a picture of Paddy. He's just everything oh. you love about an athlete. Doesn't matter anything else related to him. It, you know, he's just an absolute role model. Uh, never put a foot out of place. Great and if, guy. And if um, you're like a Josh Giddy or a Jock Londale heading over there, aspire to be him, not like other other Australians who have mm. four and twenty pie adverts and th- like aspire to be that guy. You know, because it doesn't matter where you are in circle, like basketball circles. You say the word, the name Paddy Mills, and it's smiles and it's head nods. Like that, that's the first thing you get. Like, and that's not easy. That's not an easy reputation to get. You know, like, you know, I'm not saying it would be, but aim for that. If, if you're even slightly good at basketball, aim to be that. You know, there's only one thing bad I've ever heard about Paddy Mills. And it all came from coach pop's mouth right before Paddy's new contract negotiations. (laughs) He's jokingly trying to drive down his salary. Yep. Um, but literally, you know, and I've told this story before, so I won't do it again, but having I've met him and spoken to him and learning firsthand what a great person he is, never hearing a bad word from anyone anywhere in the world about Paddy Mills. I mean, you can't get a more perfect ambassador for Australian basketball. So hats off to him but he's packed his bags away from Coach Pop and he's heading to Brooklyn to join up with the super team over there and mm. help them on their way to a title, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I just can't help feel that he's he's going to be wide open for some threes. Oh, jeez. Oh. And we see at the Olympics, it doesn't matter if he's open or not already anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Some <laughs> of the, the ones that, that he's, he's going to be open. Oh. Yeah, some of the some of the ones that he's just chucking up, falling over. It's like, Paddy, no. Oh, yep, yeah, no, you're good. As you were. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, that, that's on <laughs> me. That's my bad. I think, I think Paddy, no, was like first Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Since then, it's like, yep, good shot, Paddy. <laughs> yep. Paddy, go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so heading off to Brooklyn, he's going to fill the shoes of Spencer Dinwiddie. Of course, didn't play last year, Spencer, but effectively that's the role Paddy will be stepping into. He might start some games, but I assume he'll be more of that six-man Lou Will type role off the bench. Um, but he'll be an integral part of that team. He's most certainly not going to be sitting on the sidelines watching. And they're all pumped to see him. We saw at the end of the Boomers Team USA game today, special embrace from Kevin Durant. So they've obviously had discussions already and looking forward to their partnership moving forward. And the thing I do like about it is I actually genuinely like some of the Nets jerseys. 
And now... Oh, it's Coogee ones, baby. Uh, I can see myself now. I, I, I couldn't see it before. Um, yeah, now... I think a lot of Aussies are seeing themselves with a Paddy Brooklyn jersey <laughs> right now. Yep. <laughs> and there was another... Uh, there was another boom Along with our Bible jerseys. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I think he's everyone's favourite player now. Yeah. He's, I just dropped that kid. He's so good. We'll get to him very shortly. Um... One more move, one more signing. So Pop lost an Aussie, needed to gain one now. Who did he? Who did he go after? Oh, a man who's having quite the Olympics. One Jacques Landale, or Landale. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Or Landale. I've heard three or four different versions from all the amazing commentators that the boomers have had in their time. Great job, Channel 7. Really, really thorough. <laughs> Launceston, uh, Launceston, whatever. <laughs> uh, the thing is, he's had into Spurs, two-year contract. Um, really great. He had a really good NBL season, uh, obviously winning the chip with United. And... You know, having a good Olympics, and he was that guy that almost every big tournament. There's, you know, a few years ago, Joe Ingles was that guy. You know, that that Aussie who finds their way into the NBA off the back of a tournament. This year, Jock's that guy. Hmm, Jock. Yeah, he's been phenomenal in the down the middle for the the Boomers, and he's been rewarded with a two year deal. So I don't think specifics have come out, at least I haven't seen them. Um, so I believe it'll probably be a two-way contract, but I, I haven't heard specifics, but um, still a big opportunity for Jock and that system is just so perfect for him. I mean, you look at the Aussie system with Gorgian and, and having no, you know, go-to scorer, per se, at the boom is it's a system built on ball movement and, and off-ball movement. And Jock's just going to walk straight into a similar system with Pop. And I think, you know, if he gets a good run and good opportunity, there's something for him there. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, and hopefully he can, you know, turn this into a an Ingalls or Paddy Mills style stint where he goes and doesn't come back unless it's for uh, family or if you patty charitable works huh? mm. that would be that's the dream hopefully um, him and Giddy can have that yeah and look I know we had the Olympics as um, a bit of a segment penciled in into our schedule but I guess we've already started talking about it, um, so we'll just keep running with it. Yep, let's um, do it. thing with Bible, obviously it's been a show-out performance for him at the Olympics so far, but I'm hoping he takes this back to Ben and says, man, Ben, buddy, you've you got to get in on this. I know he's dead to you. I know you're going to disagree with me, but... Bible needs to report back to Ben what an experience this was and my goodness, the heights he could take us to because 
Thibel has just come out of nowhere, essentially, like in a basketball world. And he's just unreal. Like both ends of the floor is he's slashing, he's dunking. He's found a jump shot now. Um, he's getting steals, he's getting blocks, he's altering shots, he's blocking three-point attempts. Like, this kid has it all. And he's got that Aussie spirit, that Aussie heart. And pretty exciting moving forward, knowing that we've got him on our team. Now, if we can drag his mate Ben Simmons into the fold, I've said on this show, I'll welcome him back. I know it'd be a bit tougher for you, Mel, but... Oh, uh, yeah. I watch I watch Thibault at this tournament and just think if he had Ben Simmons alongside him as well, my goodness, mate. When I'm when I'm watching the Olympics at the moment, I'm not thinking about personally who else we could add to this. I'm just in love with the team we have now. Yes, today was a tough watch. But for me, I'm I'm in love with what's there. Um, the this group is is special. Yes, there might be other pieces. Yes, that person you mentioned, you know, probably <laughs> he helps. shall not be named. <laughs> uh, but like like we said earlier, it's you know. Love me at my worst. If you can't, then you can't be with me at my best. And not that we're, we're certainly not at our worst. Um, you know, I, I've I've been through that. Um, what do we? No, this is still arguably our best team we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and if you can't, if you can't just get there, be a part of that team. Like, oh. Uh, anyway. Mm. Yes. Uh, these Olympics have been special. Um, Let's, uh, I suppose let's go back a little bit. Where do we, how far back do we want to go here, mate, with the, uh, with the boomers? I'll just talk about the game today. It's like we're recording on Thursday night, obviously. So we've just watched boomers in USA this afternoon. Um, you know, the game in short was 15 minutes of absolute brilliance and excitement followed by 25 minutes of utter disappointment and heartbreak. But <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it was... I mean, that first half, up until we fell apart, was amazing. And, like, they gave us hope. They, they were a chance. Um, but, you know, Team USA, they were like none of 11 or 12 from deep. They were just really struggling to get anything going from anyone not called Kevin Durant and... In the second half, they got it going, and they could not miss. I mean, Devin Booker just went nuclear, and, you know, Drew Holiday showed his class at both ends of the floor, Mm -hmm. I thought. And unfortunately, the Boomers just couldn't hang with it. And a moment that struck me is in the third quarter, Team USA goes on this run, and I mean, obviously, we're in this group chat and like, oh, we need a timeout. And a few of the other boys like, yeah, where's this timeout? And, yep, we need one. And then USA goes on another little run. It's like, oh, sure, the timeout's coming. A few of the other boys like, yeah, 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 we need a timeout. And the timeout just never came. And 
before the time um, when the timeout was called, the game was pretty well done, and it. I'm absolutely not going to crap on Brian Gorgian on a podcast because one of the all-time greats. He he's forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. But yeah, why he didn't call a timeout in that third quarter when Team USA's on this run, I'll I'll never know. Like we watched a 15-point lead just vanish. And before we knew it, we're down 20. And not a lot was done in between to halt that. No, it wasn't. Um, I think for me, we really, like Kevin Durant, wowzers. Um, mm. You know, just, just <laughs> wowzers. Need I say it? <laughs> like we had... Was it Exum played him rather rather well at times? Still got some shots up mm-hmm. and in. Like they never looked like missing. Um, Nick Kay in the first three minutes actually played him, you know, fairly good, but he still shook loose and still got points. Uh, it didn't really matter. It seemed to matter who Kevin Durant came up against defensively there for a stretch. You know, just he had that will of. This is going to happen. From the boomers' standpoint, um, I think in this one, we got down when we, we lived and died by the three, and unfortunately today we died. Mm. Uh, we got away from the mid... We got away from the mid-range shots, which you know got us to where we are with this 3-0 run that we had leading into this game. Uh, we didn't... We didn't get to this point living and dying by the three. Uh, there was some three... We've, we have had threes, a, a fair few threes, uh, in all of our games, but we've also then been able to sprinkle in uh, a lot of mid-range shots, and we've actually had trouble getting to the basket because a lot of teams have basically just clogged the paint, uh, really played quite nice uh, help D and really clogged the paint, and we've had to rely more on that mid-range shot, which today we just completely went away from. We're either driving in or uh, trying to win this game with threes, and it just it didn't work. Um, but this was also a game, um, I'm happy to say, that I actually watched, uh, was actually lucky enough to watch this one with my daughter, and she actually sat down and watched, and we talked about a few things about the basketball, like, you know, She's two and a half, but still, she was talking about some of the things on the screen, and it was just, it was a, genuinely a nice, nice moment. Um, and then, of course, halftime happened, and just that sense of, oh no, this, this, this could happen again. We we've been down yeah. this road before, and like, but but at the same time, on the flip side of that coin, it was that magical moment of. Well, this is what makes sports great. You know, I, I've been following the Boomers since, genuinely watching since 1992, when we came sixth in Barcelona. And like I've been watching since then now every year and we'll, you know, we've, we've stumbled along the way. Sometimes we've come ninth and sixth and, you know, but this fourth spot, fourth place seems to be where we just keep ending up and it's 
Like, really want that medal so bad. Mm. But if we don't get it, you know, I'm not going to stop watching the Boomers. Um, you know, I'm still going to be a Boomer. Huge Boomer fan. It It's one of those things that genuinely makes the sport, um, well, makes sport in itself great because for those fans that genuinely watch and stick with it and our magical day will come. Now, hopefully that magical day is Saturday. Mm. Really hoping and, oh, but if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. You know, I want it, I want it to be amazing. I want it to be great. But maybe this isn't our year. And I'm not trying to talk that into something that happens. I'm just saying that maybe it's not meant to be. Maybe it won't happen. But we have seen some really great basketball this tournament. And frankly, that for the start of that fourth quarter against Argentina was some of the best basketball I've ever seen the Boomers play. We locked it down on, on both ends. Like, just... And I spoke to quite a few basketball heads around it, and it was just, oh, if we could play like that all the time. Now, Argentina helped us out. They missed uh, a few shots, but they were also very well-defended shots. There, there was only a couple of those wide-open ones. But it was six minutes of basketball where Argentina didn't score. They felt like they were just hanging around, hanging around. Oh, no, they, they, they could possibly come back. And then, bam, we crushed them. And it was, oh, it was glorious. But today, there was just a gambit of emotions. And like I said, that, that's one of those things that makes sport great is because it makes you feel stuff, whether you're ready to feel it or not. And I don't know if I was today, but uh, yeah. It was an emotional little emotional little thing and it took me back so quickly to all those times in the past where we come so close and it's like, oh no, let's, let's not go back there again. And it just, ah, uh, and we might, we might not. It could be our time, it could not be. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see how we go. And I mean, yeah, Great time to spend with your daughter, and I look forward to those days. I can confirm my 10-month-old does not care one iota about what's happening on a TV screen, which I'm not <laughs> upset about. That's, that's fine. Right. Um, we, we do lots of other things. We also had a magical moment uh, yesterday with the Opals America game, which obviously certainly didn't go our way. But um, she was like, oh, ladies playing, ladies playing. Like it was... It was it was one of those moments when it was, you know, and she may not look back at that moment at any stage, but, you know, for me it was like, yeah, darling, you know, that could be you one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Let's be honest, odds um, are against her, but could be. You never know. So, as you alluded to, the boomers move on to the bronze medal game on Saturday, which is probably tomorrow as you're listening, hopefully. Um, if not today, if it's Saturday. Um, if it's already happened, uh, it took you too long to get to this pot, I'm sorry. But <laughs> um, now, if, if we went to a month before this Olympics started and we said, like, you don't know the pools, you didn't even know all the teams that had qualified yet. And if we said, I guarantee you a bronze medal game for the Boomers, 
you would have taken that in a heartbeat. Yep. So whilst I know sweeping your pool and having to come up against the juggernaut of Team USA is disappointing, and it is disappointing that we're not going to face them in the gold medal game, we're still in the bronze medal game. We are. We're still a shot at a medal. And the Slovenia is up by two at the end of the first quarter against France. So that looks like it's going to be a tight game. Who knows? It's only first quarter. Um, but we'll obviously play the loser of that game that's on now. And whoever it is, it's going to be tough. I mean, France is a well-constructed all-round team. And Rudy Gobert will be very tough to contain without Baines in the middle. Yes. But then Slovenia with Luca, it's just like... This guy is, you know, one of the best players in the world right now and playing really well with that team. That They just all seem to be able to hit threes with their eyes shut. So, Yeah, and there's, there's a list of them. But one of the things I noticed when I was watching uh, Slovenia the other day was Luca will drive in and he'll, you know, he'll, he'll either... The help D will come, which most of the times with Luca, they've watched the film and, you know, they yeah. know him. So the help D comes. So he'll then make a move and either get past them, get an open shot up, or if he attracts too much defense, uh, a defensive attention, he'll then just fling the ball back behind his head to an open player who will knock down the three. And okay. like, it, And he didn't hasn't done it just once these Olympics. He's done it continuously. It's like, how do you, def- how can you defend that? Like, I don't know how you do it. And clearly neither did some of these other teams he came up against so far. But, uh, you know, even Spain, they tried to double team with limited success. So yeah, he's, he's playing at a rather ridiculous level at the moment. A little bit more whingy than yep. I'd like. <laughs> so the Boomers are on to play for third. Unfortunately, our Opals there, um, the tournament came to an abrupt end. They had that lovely win over Puerto Rico covering the line that they were required and forcing themselves into the elimination round, but coming up against Team USA's. And this isn't the men's team USA where you get a couple of elite players and some role players. This is the women's team USA. You're playing the best 12 players in the world pretty much. Yep. Um, or, you know, the 12 best American players in the world. So, you know, I mean, Diana Tarossi at her age is still kicking around. You know, all the elite players are there. They're, they're not sitting out. They're, they're there, they're representing their country, and they are kicking backsides. It's as if they all want to go to the Olympics because yeah, it's an amazing thing to do. And yet, yeah, I I know there's other things like you know money and brands and yada, 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 you know, and they don't want to risk all sorts of stuff, but at what stage does that stuff get in the way of that just kiddie dream of wanting to go to the Olympics. Right. Mm. And that's where I give credit to Kevin Durant. He seems to have loved the Olympics. He's now the all-time leading scorer for the Americans. Um, 
he's he's there for it. And, you know, people like Carmelo Anthony, I'm sure, if if he got a call the week before they left, hey, come with us, he would have gone in a heartbeat. Some of these players are up for it and they, they love it. Um, but unfortunately, it's not for everyone. And, you know, Kevin Durant, given his recent injuries and whatnot, he could have easily sat this Olympics out. No one would have batted an eyelid, but oh, he's there. And 100%. by far the best player in the tournament, or probably with Luca, I should say, but, you know, he's the greatest offensive weapon we've ever seen. And to see him on the biggest international stage like that is just awesome. So full credit to Kevin Durant. All right, so um, moving into the Opals, and or moving back to the Opals, I should say, um, put in a really good effort in this tournament. They were just a bit outmatched by the Americans. And look, this game wasn't really ever very competitive. Um, the Americans really flexed their muscle in this game, and they didn't really want to be, you know, playing big minutes in the second half. So... They, they sort of put their foot down early. And, yeah, all, all the players you expect, like, you know, Brianna Stewart, Brittany Griner, you know, for, even Tarofsky, who's had a bad tournament, still sort of play, played quite well. And, and they just got the job done. There's just no stopping them. I mean, the first half, Leilani Mitchell's probably the one bright spark for the Opals, hitting a few threes and just showing that never give up sort of attitude. Well, none of the girls gave up. That's very unfair for me to, to say that. But um, Leilani really shone through as someone who is just absolutely leaving it all on the floor. Oh, flies around um, the George. Yeah, Kayla George, NBL 1 North superstar. She's money from that short corner now on the baseline there. My goodness. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yes. easy. Um, you know, she she had a really good tournament, obviously stepping in and getting some big minutes, you know, with the emission of another big announced before the tournament. Um, so, yeah, she did really well. Um, Ezzy uh, Magbador, we've got a real one there. Mm. I mean, she's so young, but, oh, my Lord, she is talented, so... Opals fans should be pretty excited moving forward. There's some great talent on this roster. Um, so something to build on moving forward. It's a disappointing end to the tournament for them, of course. But as always, with our Boomers and Opals, we're, we're super proud of their effort. And, you know, we know they'll be back at the next tournament ready to go. And I think that's the thing with the Boomers and and Opals, you know, even with the Opals, you know, meddling in the past and all all those sorts of things, like they've silvered and bronzed, there's never a, you know, when they don't do so good, there's never a, it's never seen as a negative. You know? yeah. um, it's just, and maybe, and maybe that's the problem with uh, like your dream teams. Maybe it's, maybe it's a country thing um, that it's, there's that expectation of brilliance and nothing else will do. And if you're part of a team that isn't, doesn't win the golds, then it, yeah. It, but, and all of a sudden that's become a reason not to come just in case you, you what, just in case you don't win gold. 
that just seems like such a, mm. a backwards way of looking at it. And but maybe that's just credit to us as a country as like the way we see these things. You know, go do your best as long as it's your best. You know, the results will be. And I think that has definitely shone through with the boomers and opals over the years. It's you know whether whether we've come ninth better worse it's always just a ah oh well next time next time because we're both teams are still chasing that elusive gold and it may not happen but Mm. you know we'll still chase it until it does and we don't need perfection and i I think maybe that's maybe that's the the key difference i don't know all right, well, yeah, we'll be back um, next week to talk about the bronze medal game for the Boomers. Um, but it's all coming to an end very quickly, unfortunately. So we need this lockdown to end so we can get back to NBL 1. But even we don't have that to look forward to at the moment, which is a bit of a bummer. No, 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 no NBL 1 North at the moment. Um, and obviously that will be an unknown until... Well, lockdown's got to end. There's unfortunately there mm. is currently there are no plans that I'm aware of for an NBL one North bubble. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. Next up, we have Abby Bishop. Just a really amazing chat that we had. Uh, we actually recorded this last week. That's why it sounds like Dan is magically back in the room with me because he was when we recorded this. We actually recorded this just after. The Opals' first game and unfortunate first loss. Uh, please enjoy. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. Alrighty, Ball Don't Lie Australia listeners, we have a very special guest for you today. Uh, joining us is former Opal, Jet Setter, Ipswich, Superstar, and most importantly, Mother, Abby Bishop. How are you, Abby? I'm well, thank you. How are you? We're doing very well, thanks. We really appreciate having you on the show and the time you've given us. So hopefully uh, you enjoy your chat with us. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Anytime. All right, so just as we record, we've, we've just all finished wrapping up watching the Opals' first game at the Olympics. And unfortunately, it hasn't gone too well for our, our girls tonight. So what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, um, it was always going to be a little bit difficult without Liz. Obviously, the girls came out in that USA game and, you know, really um, proved a point, I guess, that they don't really need Liz Cambridge um, out there. But tonight was pretty tough. Um, I think they'll bounce back, though. Um, But I think, yeah, Sandy will look back on those few things that didn't really work tonight, which was mainly their on-ball defence. And, yeah, I thought Ezzy was absolutely fantastic. Um, probably need a few more people um, chipping in. And obviously, Steph Talbot was a big loss for them too. So I have no doubt they'll, down, uh, they'll bounce back. The first one's out the way now. They can forget about that. And um, yeah, disappointing, of course, but they'll be right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah. 100% correct. Ezzy was great. And um, down low with her as well, fellow NBL1 superstar Kayla George. I thought she held her own there. And, um, you know, they worked as hard as they could. I just think they were a little bit... Um, unmatched down low there tonight but 
Yeah, they were. I mean, Emma Messerman's an amazing player. You know, she's played WNBA for years. She's very experienced, played in one of the best teams in Russia, the richest, you know. Mm. Um, so she's a hard matchup. She ended up with 32, I think, or 30 or something. Um, she's And the experience as well. You can't, you know, Ezzy's still um, young and learning and, and those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, you put both of them together and they're both absolutely amazing players. But I think Emma just... Um, yeah, killed us as a, as a whole, I think, um, just with her experience and her savviness. Yeah, it was a very impressive game indeed, but I'm sure you, just like us, will be watching the rest of the Opals games and, and crossing our fingers and cheering the girls on. Yeah, absolutely. They'll be fine. They'll be right. All right, we'll, we'll get stuck into our questions for you now. Um, yep. So you grew up in South Australia, is that correct? Yeah, I grew up um, in South Australia, three hours north of Adelaide, actually, born and bred on a farm. Um, nice. So yeah, spent my childhood on a farm, um, which was quite quite amazing. Loved it. Yeah, I did the same. It, it it just it's just so different. And people who grow up in cities, you know, I imagine it's just the flip side of the coin. But it's just completely different. And it, it is. It's just so not like the simple things. Going outside at night and looking up at actual stars. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, no, I completely agree. But you know what? Like everybody says, oh gosh, like I'm so jealous you 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 lived on a farm. Like I think the you know the grass is always greener on the other side. Oh, I so. I always wanted to be in the city when I was on the farm. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And no offense, but I'm not going anywhere near a farm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, live a little. Buddy. I, I yeah. would die if I went to a farm. <laughs> <laughs> You're a city slicker. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you grew up down there. Um, do you want to shout out your junior club at all? Yeah, I used to play for the Port Piri Panthers. So that was about a 45-minute drive um, away. Um, I started basketball a little later when I was about 14. Um, so I did that. So there's my shout out to them. And then when I moved to Adelaide, I played for the Forest Hill Eagles and North Adelaide Rockets. So, yeah, pretty good little clubs to be a part of. Great. Yeah. And you know you're talking great junior basketball when – Club names are dictated by alliteration. Oh, <laughs> it's as good as yeah. it gets. Yeah. Um, so fr- from there, you, you moved on um, into the WNBL uh, where you've had quite a good run, to say the least, um, winning three titles in there and um, winning Rookie of the Year with the AIS. Do you, do you remember what that season was like playing for that program? Yeah, I do. You know, I was... Um quite young when I went to the AIS, you know, straight in there and you're playing against the best of the best in the WNBL. You know, I, I still really remember playing Lauren Jackson, who was playing for the Canberra Capitals at the time, and we used to get flogged every game. Um, but I think the experience, you know, no, nothing beats it. Just being a young kid um, straight into the AIS, playing against these grown women who, you know, what, you look up to them all, you know. And, of course, getting beaten by that much isn't great, but I think the learning lessons and everything that you take away from it are the most important, not the score, you know, the score at the end. So, yeah, I won the Rookie of the Year that year and then um, went on to play for the Canberra Capitals after that. And like you said, I've kind of been around for quite a while. I've played quite a few seasons in the WNBL um, with a couple of different teams, but it's been an amazing ride. I'm very grateful and all the different experiences that I've had with, with each team and the friends that I've taken away from each team. And, you know, I look back now and I, um, yeah, I, I really think that I am quite lucky and very, very grateful. Yeah, great. And you mentioned the Canberra Capitals there. Um, have you been keeping up with this Go Big documentary that is, is on the way? 
I have, yeah, yeah, I have. I actually spoke to them just the other day. I think it's absolutely amazing what they're doing. I think mm. uh, more women's sport need to be able to showcase, you know, what's involved and, and show these female athletes off to people who don't know about women's sport, which is a lot of people. And, you know, sometimes something like this can open so many people's eyes to what is on the other side, um, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of talent, a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice, all those kinds of things. But, yeah, I can't wait to see the finished um, product. I'm really hoping they get all the funding that they need, which is obviously what they're doing at the moment, trying to get the funding. Um so, yeah. Nice. And after your stint in the uh, WNBL there, you went for your first season in the WNBA, the big show, teamed up with uh, Lauren Jackson uh, and won a title with Seattle. Um, what are your big takeaways from that season? Look, that season was, you know, unreal. Obviously, I was a young rookie, probably there just for salary cap reasons. Um, you know, I know I was talented and, and everything, but sitting on the end of the bench with Sue Bird, Lauren Jackson, Swin Cash, like some of the names that were on the team that season were, were unreal. And I, I, I literally reflect on that. And, um, and I just think, wow, you know, I was able to play with some of these players uh, who are the best in the world. And um, I didn't play many minutes, which was totally fine. I was more, there was a couple of us who played a lot of junk minutes when we were winning by a lot or losing by a lot. Yep. But the experience was just, yeah, unbelievable. I actually played with another Australian girl, Alison Lacey, um, she was on the team, Canberra girl, um, at the time as well. So there was three Australians, but Lauren took both of us um, under her wing and, and really helped us and showed us the way. And, and we had a great coach. But to win the championship in my first season over there was yeah, something pretty, pretty special. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so after that, you came back home um, playing with Dandenong. And you, I've, I've read that you were focusing on, on making that London Olympics team. Um, so in London, uh, of course, Australia didn't make the gold medal game um, due to a crossover with the USA, but across the competition, it was very clear that Australia was the closest thing to Team USA. Um, you did go on to win bronze against Russia, but yeah. what, what do you remember most from that Olympics on the court? But also, do you, do you remember anything that you, you keep with you that was occurring off the, off the court as well? Um, look, I think it, it's hard because, you know, you, Australia goes to the Olympics and you've got high expectations. So, you know, you, you want to go and win gold. Obviously, we haven't been able to do that, but it, it's always the goal. So going over there and winning a bronze, um, it's, it's kind of like bittersweet. And, and a lot of the girls said who'd won silver medals before that the bronze was much better than the silver because you end up winning at the end. You know, you oh, win yeah. that third, fourth game. So you win to get a medal. You don't lose to get your silver. Um, so, I mean, look, my fondest memory is uh, literally standing on the podium, um, getting the bronze medal and, you know, holding hands with the girls and raising, raising your arms. That's my fondest memory. But there's so many, I mean, living in the Olympic village and seeing all the athletes and walking past these absolutely amazing athletes. That's probably, um, probably the other, the other one, but then also just like the mates that you make, um, you know, throughout the whole process. It's, it's a four-year process, you know, going, getting ready for an Olympic Games. You spend so much time with these with these girls. And um, and actually, to be honest, lastly, would probably be my coach because Carrie Graff was one of the best coaches that I've ever had. And, and that connection that I have with her from being an Olympian and her being the coach um, and, and having a bronze, I think, you know, I haven't spoken to her for a long time, but just respect her so much. And that's probably yeah, another good memory because I really, really enjoy playing basketball for her. 
Basketball has literally taken you around the world. Um, you've played in France, Hungary, and now Italy. What are some of the highlights for you? And do you have a favorite out of those places? Yeah, um, I think my favorite place to play was definitely Italy, um, just because it's a small country, a beautiful country, um, good people, um, and, you know, good basketball. So that was probably my favorite place um, to play. My favorite place to live would have been southern France, just because um, it's just an amazing lifestyle living in southern France. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've got many, many memories and many favorite things about playing in Europe. I've, I've also played in Russia and Spain, um, as well. So I've pretty much have played, uh, all over, all over Europe. But I think my most favorite thing is the friends that I take away from each team. You know, I've got some of my best friends that are all over the world. Um, and one of them is Julie Van Loo, who just played for Belgium. Um, I met her actually in Australia, but, um, yeah, you know, even just sitting at home watching the Olympics and I look on each team, I'm like, oh, I've played with her. You know, she's one of my mates. Like, it's, it's such a cool thing, basketball, and everybody says it. But truly for me, it's like more than a game. It's like the people that you meet along the way. So super grateful for, for all the people I've met and um, all the cultures that I've been able to experience. Yeah, it's always nice when you can share a connection with with somebody who's up on the screen playing basketball. It is. It, it, it is. It's genuinely a nice feeling of you know. Yeah. Oh, I played with them. Or you know, I. Yeah. You know, it, it's genuinely nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I relate to that. Um, we do commentary for NBL One, and I feel good enough that I can relate to you in in that league <laughs> that I can point out and say, <laughs> "Oh, I played with that person or against that person." Yeah, yeah. Un- unreal to look at. Yeah, the Olympics and say that, but I definitely yeah. cannot do that. Uh, <laughs> um, so look, what a great career and, and sort of the way basketball's taking you around the world um some amazing opportunities you've had um but you're doing all this whilst being a mum to to little zala mm. so mm. it doesn't take long or you know you can see on your social media posts that you and zala are really inseparable um would probably be the best word i could use yeah. um, and she seems to just travel everywhere with you so with that being said what have you found has been the most challenging and rewarding aspects of that? And have you had to make any big sac? Well, sorry, what big sacrifices have you had to make? Um, you know, for Zala. Yeah, look, um, it's funny you say that. Um, you know that. Yeah, she comes everywhere with me because I get a lot of people say to me like, "Oh my God, you take her with you everywhere you go." I'm like, "Well, what am I? Where am I going to leave her?" You know. Um, but on the flip side of that, a lot of American basketballers um, who have children leave leave them with family and go overseas and play. But for me personally, I could never do that. So she comes everywhere with me, goes to school in all the different countries that we go to. Um, and I think the most challenging thing is probably being excuse me, balancing out like being a good mum and still being good at my job. Um, Obviously, basketball is really hectic when you go and play in Europe. You know, you're practicing twice a day. You play um, maybe two times a week, depending on if you're playing Euro Cup or Euro League, and you pretty much get one day off a week. Um, So that would be my biggest challenge, just trying to be still a good mum. And then the most rewarding thing, I think, is – being able to give her a life um, that not many kids get to live and that's in terms of, you know, immersing her in other cultures, learning languages, um, having friends all around the world at such a young age um, and I think that's 
probably the most special and rewarding thing and, and a lot of people remind me of it often like gosh Ab she's so lucky man like she's so lucky to travel the world and, and I know that but I wouldn't have it any other way honestly she's my little shadow um, you're right like she doesn't she's never far from me she comes everywhere with me and I honestly couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine my life without her I actually was just down in Brisbane for two weeks playing um some gay trips which and I left her at home with two of my good friends to so she could still go to school and I literally sat there twiddling my thumbs thinking what did I do before I had Zala I was so bored <laughs> it's crazy how you know life changes but you just can't even remember what it was like before yeah we've both recently ish in the last couple of years become dads and oh yeah yeah it's exactly that it's so hard to yeah. like I used to have all this spare time and yeah. now I have a child. That's right. That's I wouldn't just... wouldn't have it any other way, of no, course. And... Of course not. That's right, exactly, yeah. But it's crazy how you see it all changes and you can't even remember your life before, you know, like, yeah. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head, like, such a good opportunity for, for Zala to become that global citizen by going to other schools around the world and, and meet, you know, putting herself into other cultures and meeting kids from other cultures and nationalities. I think it's fantastic personally. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'd take that over the farm any day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Italy, geez, my favorite country. I've been there twice, which I know is mm. nothing compared to you. But, <laughs> um, yeah. No, I love that country. Um, Beautiful. Look, yeah. Look, Abby, such an inspiration, what what you do for basketball and as a mother. Um, what, what do you see – is next in what's the next chapter for for Abby and Zala? Um, look, I'm nearing the end of my basketball career. Obviously, uh, I think I've maybe got one more one more season left in me, and then um, I'll call it a day. Because <clears throat> excuse me, because at the end of the day, it's not just about me; it's about Zala too. And you know, she's at that age now where she also needs some stability. Like, yeah, great traveling and rah rah, but at a certain point, she she needs to you know, get to school and, you know, Australian school and, and learn the things that she's not learning uh, overseas. So one more season, I reckon, and then call it a day. And after that, um, I'm not too sure. I get a lot of people ask me this question and I'm, I'm not too stressed about it, to be honest. I've always wanted to be a police officer. So that's something that I'll definitely look into and, and hopefully I can, um, you know, get into that. Um, and if not, I'm just going to wait and see kind of what rolls my way. It's one of those things where, I don't have a degree. I don't have any experience other than life and basketball. Um, but it's it's the world these days. It's not what you know, it's who you know. So it's all about connections. And I've built some really, really great connections throughout my career. And hopefully, um, yeah, if I can't get into the police force, one of my connections will come through and I'll, I'll be able to start from the bottom and work my way up um, just like everybody else does. Yeah, I'm sure someone at some point will mention the word coaching or something like that. <laughs> no, thanks. No, thanks. <laughs> I, feel well well I understand that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you have fought back from your uh, your ankle injury and you have played some NBL 1 for Ipswich Force. We were actually there on your uh, – we were commentating the game against the Capitals. Uh, oh, God, first sorry I had to watch that. That was horrendous. <laughs> we actually had a very prominent figure in, in – Australian and Brisbane basketball sitting beside us who said, watch out for Abby because it's her first game back and, you know, she could really explode today. And um, Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was useless. I hadn't touched a ball for five weeks. So I flew in. I thought, oh, my God. I said to Brady, Brady, I'm going to be embarrassing today. 
Like I haven't done anything. I, I came back a little bit early from my ankle surgery. Um, it was just an arthroscopy. So I just had some floating cartilage, just literally a clean out. So it wasn't too too big of a surgery or anything, but I um, definitely just relaxed and chilled out with my rehab and obviously did my rehab, but I didn't really work my way back into anything. But that was a good starting point for me. You know, I'm almost back to myself, myself now, so... Yeah, yeah, we're seeing that in the box scores, that's for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> how, how have you found uh, the team and the competition? Um, yeah, um, look, I love the team. I think they're a great group of girls. Um, obviously, they were lacking a big um, before I came in, and I have been able to help in some sense, um, not in a huge, huge sense, I don't think, with you know dropping a few games and stuff here and there, but... Yeah, great team, well coached, really um, have a lot of time for Brady and respect him a lot as a coach and as a person. Um, and then the league, I think the league's pretty tough, to be honest. I mean, we played Spartans last week, uh, sorry, two weeks ago, and wow. I mean, they're obviously, they're the top of the top, and they're very yeah. deep, and they, they have a, almost a WNBL team, but that speaks volumes as the league. I mean, yeah, some great players and mixed around different teams. It's tough teams, some not so tough teams, but I think it's great. Honestly, I think it's it's improved a lot, and I love it how it's NBL one, you know. And it's all I just think it's so professional. With sounds like really silly, but even just the app and all the live streaming, and it's gone up a notch, and it's great to see. All right, Abby, you've made it through our, our formal segment of uh, tonight's <laughs> chat. Um, so we like to finish off with our guests, just a set of quick fire questions here. It doesn't require a lot of thinking. Um, okay. Yeah, just say the first thing on your mind as we ask you these next few questions. Okay. Uh, apart from Zala, of course, do you have any hobbies outside of hoops? Oh, shopping, drinking coffee and tanning. Nice. Nice <laughs> quick fire. I'm like. so glad the word coffee popped up then. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember your first pair and do you have a favourite pair of basketball shoes? Oh, I mean, my first pair were definitely a pair of ASICs um, and my favourite pair are some sort of Kobe's, but I don't remember specifically yes. any. Yes. Yeah. The look on Dan's face has gone from... Really? Oh, with the oh, ASICs that's my to absolute elation with the Kobe's. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, favourite team slash players that you follow? Team slash players that I follow. Um, oh, goodness. Team, probably Seattle Storm. I follow them um, quite closely. And my favourite player would be Sue Bird. Nice. Ooh, great choice. Yep. Um, what's high rotation on your Spotify playlist right now? I mean, sorry to break the news, but I'm not Spotify. I'm Apple Music. So, oh, um, apologies. <laughs> we'll get the sponsors right out here. <laughs> no, I get everybody gives me, everyone pays me out for having Apple Music and not Spotify. So, no, no. um, that's so you can get us on Apple. Yep. 30% yeah, of our yeah. listeners are on Apple, so we're not going to dish oh, okay. them. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, at the moment, I'm actually listening to a country playlist. So, nice. I mean, I listen to a bit of everything, but that's what's on rotation at the moment. Nice. Love a bit of a country change up. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie? Love and Basketball. Ooh. All right. Um, favorite gym exercise slash favorite cheat meal? So, contrasting question here. Oh, look, favorite gym exercise? None. Um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> 
too old. Nah, honestly, probably just like stretching on the mat or something at the end of the gym session. Yep. Um, and favourite cheat meal. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I bet me. you got a few of these ones. <laughs> yeah, I do. I definitely do. Um, oh, probably something from the bakery, to be honest. Ooh. I like oh, that. Yeah. Pastries. Mm. Yeah, yum. All right. Um, a lot of people uh, in basketball, especially at the moment, have a quote that they like to use to help psych them up, or just just one that you know they really like. It doesn't have to be from a famous person or anything. But do you have a a, a favorite quote that you like to use? Or, oh, honest. To be honest, I don't know. I mean, I love quotes. I'm a big quote lover. Um, but I don't have one that I you know um, really love or think about when I'm playing basketball or anything like that and that. All good. Don't need to have a go-to. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Nearly there. Last couple. Um, okay. Do you have any specific game day routines or superstitions before a game? Yeah, I do. Um, and it's changed a little bit since Zala, but before Zala, I used to always have a game day nap. Um, and now yes. I try and have one. If I can't, I can't. If I can, fantastic. We're, we're on. Yeah, we can relate. <laughs> yeah, much. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love someone with a strong nap game. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, our final question, and we would love to have your help with your answer to this question. So okay. that probably sounds really confusing, but it'll make sense in a minute. Who do you think we should have on this show next? Who do I think you should have on this show next? Um, is it like anybody? Someone that you could preferably hook us up with a little bit. <laughs> but hey, sweet okay. for the fences. <laughs> you know, we were talking connections I, before, so. <laughs> okay, what about, um, what about like Michaela Roof or Michaela Cairn? One of those two, one of the Logan girls. Yeah, sure. That team is absolutely on fire oh. lately. I feel like Yeah, I'm, I reckon. Yeah. That'd be unreal. Yeah, I reckon one of them. Yeah, especially after the game against Spartans. That'd be interesting to speak about that as well and obviously just ask all the questions. Yeah, well, they both went in, well, both went into that game undefeated, but you can't come out. That's right. Yeah, that was the one loser. Yeah. The battle of the Michaelas versus the Maddies. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Yes. <laughs> it's a heck of a game yeah. to watch. Um, yeah. So no, yeah, we'd absolutely love to have one or, or both the Michaelas on. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. Um, All look, right. Look, um, we've made it to the end, Abby. We really appreciate your time. We hope you've enjoyed having a chat with us. I have. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. No, no, thank you. Yeah, and thank you, and best of luck with the rest of the NBL One season. And hopefully, we'll be in touch again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. All right. Time to talk about those cards we cracked earlier. Now, I have chosen, not necessarily Brisbane's own, but uh, former bullet in Tory Craig. That probably doesn't come to a huge surprise to a lot of people, but uh, I've got his jersey upstairs. So whenever... A, card comes out and I've got the jersey well it's gonna be a bit of a soft spot um, for me now a lot of people with Tory Craig uh, just think yep bullets and then nuggies and then da 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 he's with the Phoenix Suns not entirely true when he did come over 
He actually started out with the Cairns Taipans. He was there for two whole years, then came to the Bullets, and that's really where he had his breakout season. And then he got a, a small off-the-bench role in Denver, and he slowly built that up to something where, after three years, got paid to go to the Milwaukee Bucks. Unfortunately, things didn't work out so well for him at the Milwaukee Bucks, and he got traded halfway through the year for cash considerations. So, cash. So they didn't get anyone for him. And he went to the Phoenix Suns, where, obviously, he did not win a chip. But he might still get a ring. We'll just... He's certainly eligible for one. Yeah. So he was eligible for both teams, whether no matter who won. Now, he obviously didn't win one of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, and we don't know yet, haven't heard either way, if he will be... Um, accepting or even offered one from the Bucks, We'll have to see. Uh, look, fingers crossed. He's one of those players that I had the uh, privilege of seeing him play live for the Bullets when mm. I had, back when I had season ticks. And just the way he, on his night, he could just explode and turn it on and just wow. And from that year on, I've been a fan, and I'm not going to stop, frankly. He's, uh, he hasn't shown me anything that would make me you know, want to stop, even this season with his uh, you know, starting Milwaukee. Things didn't turn out, ended up in Phoenix. Even down the stretch in the finals, wasn't getting huge minutes. Still, I liked what I saw for the most part. Everything was good. And yeah, Tory Craig. Just another another player who's come to the NBL, wasn't a one and done in the NBL, came for a couple of years, found their way back, and has now found a genuine role on a team in the NBA. It can be done. Love that it came through a bullet, uh, happened in a bullet's jersey, or has seen to happen as well. Dan, who'd you pick, mate? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, Tory Craig. He's awesome. Just reminiscing myself on his time with the Bullets. Um, I was there on opening night and the Bullets were back. Mm, bullets were back, um, baby. Which was exciting. So, yeah. Free um, t-shirts. Correct. Still got it. Oh, Good yeah. pyjama shirt because they, they were massive. Um, Romeo Langford, I've gone with. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's going to kill me because he's a Celtic. But... <laughs> Is um, a player I oh I didn't know you had it in you mate. In college, you don't you don't <laughs> like him anymore. Well, no? oh, probably my favourite ever college player is currently a Celtic, so that sucks. But anyway, um, not Romeo Langford, by the way. <laughs> uh, so Romeo Langford, I did follow him in college. He went to Indiana, and. He is very much like a Zaire Williams that we were talking about at the start of the show, um, the draft, in that he was once a highly touted prospect. He was as high as number four or five, I believe, in his draft class. He ended up being dropping in the draft due to you know injury concerns or whatever, and went number 14 to Boston by way of Memphis. And look... 
he's shown glimpses for the Celtics. Um, had an injury-riddled first year. Did an ankle pretty early in the season in G League, I believe. Uh, and then had surgery on his wrist, which ended his season. Um, but then, ironically, at the end of this most current season with all the Celtics dropping like flies, he actually got extended burn in the playoffs, especially in that Brooklyn series, and did quite well. I think he had a 15 to 20 point game in there somewhere, but he's shown glimpses of two-way talent. Um, Very Jalen Brown light, (laughs) um, so to speak. And, and let's remember, Jalen Brown was not the player he is today when he was drafted either. Um, he was drafted much higher than Romeo was. But look, Langford, one of those guys I really liked in college, hasn't worked out for him yet in the NBA, but there is something there. We've got to get him off that Celtics roster. No, no, he's right where he is, mate. He's right. <laughs> ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. All right, that is a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Big night of recording. Big. I know we're in in lockdown here in Brisbane, so as I mentioned at the top of the show, we understand the audio is not its crystal clear perfect best, but we can only work with the circumstances we're provided with. So we're following all the um, you know government advice on what we can and can't do and look we, we've got a way to still do this you know passion project I guess you could call it now mm-hmm. um, via correspondence from each other's homes rather than in the studio together so we've still got a way to do it we're both also very fortunate that our of course our jobs are being affected by the lockdown but our pay packet and being able to provide for our families hasn't changed. So we are extremely fortunate given our circumstances and we are grateful for that. Um, and we hope you've all enjoyed listening to this episode and, you know, just burning some time if you're stuck at home and can't go out. So, um, look, he, that was heaps we just talked about. I mean, all the draft news and, and our reacts from that, the free agency that's going on, I mean, Obviously, we touched on about 10% of the signings that have mm. happened so far. So check check our Instagram and, and Facebook um, for more information on, on signings that go down um, from now on. Um, then we talked about the Olympics um, before we had Abby on. And geez, she's so awesome, isn't she? <laughs> I was just yeah. trying to think of words to describe her, but she's just awesome and inspirational. So yeah, another huge thank you to, to Abby for coming on the show and um, had a great time chatting with her the other week. Yeah, definitely. And uh, humble too about uh, her achievements and things. And uh, you know, fellow, fellow farm kid, hard to go past. But guys, that's it for this week. Of course, we'll be back next week. So until then, just remember, if you haven't already, hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, click all the buttons, except ones you've already clicked, of course. Um, make sure to tell your friend, neighbor, dog, Mel. 
you shouldn't be telling anyone anything at the moment, as in face to face. So let's go <laughs> social <laughs> social media wise. Uh, let's go with that high school friend you haven't spoken to in ages. Send him a send him a cheeky messenger. Pop it in their inbox. Very good. <laughs> so get it all out there, guys. Um, we'll be back next week with another show. But until then, just remember that ball don't lie. Never does. <laughs>